We return this morning to Hebrews chapter 8. Our text is 11 to 13. I'd like to read as we begin at 7 through 13. For if that first covenant had been faultless, then should no place have been sought for the second. For finding fault with them, he saith, Behold, the days come, saith the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah, not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers in the day when I took them by the hand to lead them out of the land of Egypt, because they continued not in my covenant, and I regarded them not, saith the Lord. For this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, saith the Lord, I will put my laws into their mind and write them in their hearts. And I will be to them a God, and they shall be to me a people. And they shall not teach every man his neighbor and every man his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for all shall know me from the least to the greatest. For I will have mercy or I will be merciful to their unrighteousness and their sins and their iniquities, though I remember no more. In that he saith a new covenant, he hath made the first old. Now that which decayeth and waxeth old is ready to vanish. Father, we remind ourselves before your throne that The logic of our text is making good emphasis upon the superiority of the person and the work of the Lord Jesus Christ. Help us then, as those living in a time in which the new covenant relationship with you has been well established in Christ, help us then to attend to it on this Lord's Day morning to the benefit of every soul. For that, we will praise you in Jesus' name and for his blessed sake. Amen. I would say to you this morning, Lashana Tova. And you should say to me, Lashana Tova. So, Lashana Tova. Lashana Tova. Thank you. Happy New Year to you. Lashana Tova means Happy New Year. Last Monday, on the Jewish calendar was Rosh Hashanah, and people of a Jewish persuasion said, starting Monday, and have said during the ten days of awe, of which we are now still a part, Lashana Tova. Happy New Year. The ten days of awe, ten days of repentance, ten days of sober feasting, Conclude on Wednesday, October 5th of this coming week with the celebration of Yom Kippur or the Day of Atonement. Of course, the thing to be mindful concerning the Day of Atonement, Yom Kippur, is that it is not. 
a day of atonement. In fact, the Jewish holiday calendar illustrates how that some Jewish people in the day cling to the Mosaic Covenant, which cannot provide spiritual life nor provide the forgiveness of sins. Those words of analysis are not mine, but that of Jewish believer David Levy, who goes on to say, quote, the new covenant, unlike the Mosaic covenant, is eternal. Last week, we worked in this text to characterize the new covenant founded upon the blood of Christ, not the blood of animals, as was prescribed under the law. We said from this text that the new covenant was faultless, verse 7 that it works apart from the law, and that it is founded upon the sole action of God to create new hearts within his people. We pick up in verse 11 this morning, before the table of the Lord, to speak of the absolute end of sin in the program of God future, and the availability of relationship with God under the new covenant not some golden daybreak, but right here and right now. Last week we worked to characterize the text. This morning we work to build upon that characterization. Again, verse 11, And they shall not teach every man his neighbor and every man his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for all shall know me from the least to the greatest. For I will be merciful to their unrighteousness, and their sins and their iniquities will I remember no more. In that he saith a new covenant, he hath made the first old. Now that which decayeth and waxeth old is ready to vanish away. The writer of the Hebrews said, the old was ready to vanish away. I can say it has vanished away. We have, in verses 11, 12, and 13, adding to the characteristics of the new covenant, a forecast of God's kingdom come. As a believer in Christ, not teaching your neighbor or teaching your family member about the Lord sounds like a bad thing. But in verse 11, it is actually a depiction of a time upcoming when the necessity for such is eliminated within the Jewish nation because every citizen on the earth in that time, in that upcoming period, will already know the Lord and will know the Lord personally. We are being told ahead of time uh, that uh, uh, there is uh, uh, going to be a period in which every Jewish individual alive on the earth uh, knows the Lord from the least to the greatest, says the text. Uh, interesting words in the Greek language, micro and mega. From the micro people, the little people, to the mega people, the big people, 
all the Jewish people in the coming day of the kingdom will know the Lord. As we quoted last week from Paul, Romans 11, all Israel shall be saved. That does not mean that every Jewish person that ever lived will be saved. But it does mean that there's coming a time when Israel as a nation will be saved and will personally know the Lord. The Lord Jesus in the first advent quoted the prophet Isaiah saying, it is written in the prophets and they shall all be taught of God. Every man, therefore, that had heard and hath learned of the Father cometh to me. Jesus in his generation says that everybody that was taught of God came to him, was a Christ believer. Every person, every person that was taught of God in the first century came to Christ. We can say today. The people that are taught of God come to Christ because there is no other way but Christ. The benefits of the new covenant are enjoyed not only by those that are redeemed by faith in Christ, but exclusively by those that are redeemed by faith in Christ. The forecast of the kingdom come to earth as promised Israel and enjoyed by all God's people includes the lifting of the curse from the ground, The restoration of harmony among living creatures, as for example, the lion will lay down with the lamb, coexisting in peace, and and that kingdom age is characterized by a universal education system founded upon the truth of God. In the kingdom era, nobody will complain that they left God out of school. It won't be. That doesn't win. This wins. God wins. God's way works. That's where we're going. You and I have the greatest prospects that you can possibly imagine. Why? In the coming day, there won't be any school that leaves God out. Not one school on the earth that will leave God out. Not one. And it won't take a board of people with rifles to ensure that. Wow, what great promises you and I have of God's kingdom come. Now, obviously, this kingdom hasn't come yet. So we got to (laughs) vote. But even when it does come, even when it does come, Christ will need to rule it with a rod of iron over nations that will prove in the end of the millennium to rebel one final time. And then, of course, all God's people live in the new heaven and the new earth in which only, only, only righteousness dwells. But the new covenant, the new covenant that was established in his blood is a covenant that will ultimately bring the absolute death of death the absolute elimination of sin. You and I in Christ will live to see the day when sin and death 
are no more. Believe it. God said it. And it shall be. This glorious new covenant produces, in addition, eternal right standing before God in righteousness, even here and now. Now, obviously, we can't stand up here in this pulpit and say that every school across the world has kept God in. Can't say it. Wouldn't be true. In fact, it's barely true anywhere. But nonetheless, can't say it. But there is something of the new covenant effect. There is something of the new covenant in place. There is something of the new covenant that indeed is available to us right here and right now. And that has to do with the purposeful forgetfulness of God concerning our sins that have been thrown at the foot of the cross. Look at verse 12. For I will be merciful to their unrighteousness and their sins and their iniquities will I remember no more. Now theologically this morning we must assert that God cannot forget anything. You know that. God cannot forget anything. Ever. Yet God has said that based upon the new covenant in the blood of Christ, that based upon the new covenant relationship in righteousness, that the sins of commission and the sins of omission of people that put their faith in that new covenant blood, that their sins of commission and their sins of omission are remembered no more in the cases of those people. That means that sins are remembered no more against us because of relationship with Jesus Christ. I am blessed to see that the word merciful, verse 12, carries the idea of propitiation or satisfaction. God forgets about my sin and yours because he has found satisfaction over his holy wrath concerning my sin and yours, when he poured out his wrath on the sinless one at Calvary. Calvary's blood speaks to my favor. Calvary's blood speaks to God's forgetfulness in my account. I am not held responsible for my own sin. Because of Calvary's blood. And that new covenant relationship is available here and now by nature of faith in Jesus Christ. Satisfaction, we said in the former hour, either fell upon the sacrifice or satisfaction, holy satisfaction, falls upon the sinner. And that thought once again is forwarded at verse 12 in our text because we understand that either you know the favor of God because his wrath fell upon the bloody sacrifice given on your behalf, or that wrath will indeed fall upon you. You can pay for your own sins. God has ensured that you can pay for your own sins and you will pay for your own sins with your forever death. Or, Based upon the new covenant blood of Christ, Jesus paid it all. All to him we owe. 
Sin had left a crimson stain. He washed it white as snow. What a glorious thing to think about as we prepare to partake of the table of the Lord. And then the third thing this morning is that uh, this idea of uh, the new covenant and the blood of Christ makes, of course, the gospel of Christ, the message of the cross, first and foremost. Consider the foremost position and priority of the gospel of Christ. The new covenant makes, according to verse 13, the new covenant makes the former covenant old. The word old in verse 13 is interesting to me because it's the same word translated decayeth. The same word that is translated old is translated in the same verse decayeth. It's referring to uh, the temporary nature of, uh, of, uh, of that which was established uh, under Moses at Sinai uh, concerning the law. Uh, Gromacki says that the tenure of the first system of operation ended, of course, with the crucifixion and the resurrection of Christ. Now, in verse 13, you have three terms that describe the law's ritualistic sacrifices and priestly regulations. The three words are old, decay, and waxing old. The word translated waxes old yields the English geriatric. The Old Testament, the Old Covenant, is geriatric. It means to fail from nature of age. As one of our senior saints might say, I just can't do that anymore. Well, the law never could do what must be done. But rather, it looked forward to the one who could do it. And would do it. And we declare this morning together, did do it. And of course that one is Christ. And the writer's comment in verse 13 about the law ready to vanish is very insightful. It helps us to date the book of Hebrews as to its writing. Because that reference gives indication of the fact that there were still sacrifices being made among Jewish people on the earth at the time in which the book of Hebrews was written. Although the writer in safely says they're about to vanish away. And boy, did they ever. For about 40 years after the death and resurrection of Christ, the ritual sacrifices and priestly regulations continued to be practiced until, under providence of God, Rome destroyed the temple and dissolved the priesthood in 70 A.D., Since then, many Jewish people still follow the holiday schedule, but cannot do so as any of it, as any of it, as any of it was prescribed or done previously. The whole Jewish holiday schedule is a facade. Meaning, there's no teeth in it. There's no power in it. There hasn't been any bloody sacrifices in Jerusalem since 70 A.D. This is 2022. That's a long time. That's a long time with no sins covered. 
That's a long time with no effectiveness in place under the law. But you see, something happened before 70 A.D. It happened about 30 A.D. And what happened at 30 A.D. was indeed the establishment of the New Testament. That's why Jesus stood, as it were, in the upper room with his disciples and said, this is the blood of the New Testament. My blood. Just before he, of course, went on to the cross. This is the New Testament in the Lord's blood. Just think about that night when Jeremiah heard from God of a new covenant or new testament to be established on the sole resolve of God. And then think about 600 years until the birth of Christ. And then some 30 years after the Lord's birth. Think of that night in which the Lord raised the cup and cryptically announced, this is the New Testament in my blood. Drink ye, all of you, it. Then he died on the cross for our sins. Then three days later he arose. Then 40 days later he ascended. And then about 40 years after that, God eliminated any thought that there was any system of religion that could deal with the sinfulness of man except Jesus Christ our Lord. This is the new covenant in his blood. We do thus in remembrance of him. We are new covenant people. Our relationship with God is founded upon the singular, bloody sacrifice of the Savior on our behalf. Jesus died for our sins, rose again the third day, and is coming again just as surely as he came the first time. And all God's people say, Father, help us then to be partakers at the table of the Lord with insight, with meaning, with devotion. For thy glory, for thy people's good, we do pray in Jesus' name. Amen.